Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see so many faces, some new. Um, so that's my husband. Don't think some random man's hitting on me. Um, I know, at church. <laughs> um, so today we are going to talk a little bit about forgiveness. Um, I know that Pastor Josh talked about it in our Our Father series that we just finished, and it was amazing. You can look at it on, uh, or listen to it on um, the podcast, but um, as I was reflecting on what I really felt the Lord telling me he wanted us to talk about, I really felt forgiveness strongly. And after um, seeing what the Lord's been doing in the church these last few weeks, it's obvious. Um, I feel like the Lord with the worship days that we've been having and worship nights and um, people getting baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, I feel like there's a, such a renewal here. And I feel like um, the Lord also wants to bring renewal to our hearts. Um, you know, a lot of times we have a moment with the Lord and we live off of that, but we have to do the hard work sometimes so that our relationship with the Father um, is something that can have longevity. Um, so before we get started, I'm going to say something and it's going to sound kind of elementary and you're going to be like, Brooke, like, come on, get your life together. But it's important. So we as Christians are called to look like Jesus, right? Right. I feel like as Christians, we're really, really good at loving our neighbors sometimes and, um, going and praying for people to get healed and prophesying. But I think a lot of times we forget that looking like Jesus one of the best things that he's ever done for us is forgiven us. And we forget to reflect that um, because we feel justified in our unforgiveness. And I feel like this is just really what the Lord wants me to talk about today. Um, And I feel like it's also really hard in the culture that we live in because now we have a, a few more young folk in this, this service, uh, so you might understand what I'm talking about, but we live in cancel culture right now. Um, And can I just tell you, I'm so over, I want that to be canceled is what I want. Um, but it is, um, if you don't know what cancel culture is, let me give you a little, uh, the DL. Um, it is, yeah, I know, right? Um, it is where my, my computer turned off. I'll just go from memory. It's fine. Um, it is where you, somebody says something you don't like or does something you don't like and you just cancel them. No more with them. You burn bridges. And it's totally justified, right? Because they're in the wrong. But when I look at the word, Jesus never canceled anyone. Instead, the Lord came to redeem and restore. And I feel like when we buy into that cancel culture, there aren't, there's no room for redemption stories. There's no room for restoration. And, um, For me, it burdens my heart when I hear people, even if they're justifiably canceled, it hurts me because I'm like, man, I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't think that way about me. Um, And for us to be able to properly reflect the Father, we have to know what he looks like, right? Or to reflect Jesus, we need to know what he looks like. So I'm going to give you a few scriptures before we get started. Um, We're going to start with Psalm 86, 5, and it says, you, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. And we read that and we're like, yes, thank you, Jesus. But then when it's reversed and we have to try to be that to others, it's hard, right? 
John 13, 34 says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another, which I feel like we, sorry if my daughter screams at me um, or tries to get up on stage. Uh, It's been a rough morning. We're teething, so bear with us. Um, So I know, baby, love you so much. Um, So uh, the Lord is called us to love like he loves. And I'm actually going to go further into this. Um, so we're going to read John 13. Um, and John 13, one through five, it says, I told first service this as well. I forgot my glasses at home. So if I get a little jumbled on my words, please forgive me, but you can follow along on your app, shameless plug. Um, so now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing the father had given him, given him all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So when I read the word, um, I don't know how you read the word, but when I read the word, a lot of times I'll like take chunks and then I'll write off to the side what I'm like noticing or what I feel the Lord's showing me. And so I did this with this little chunk of scripture. And so the first thing that stuck out to me is that it says he loved them to the end, speaking of him going to the cross. But the first time I ever read it was, um, it said, he loved them to the fullest. And I look at that and I think, okay, I'm called to do that. And I need to love every person to the fullest. The next thing is that the devil had already put it in the heart of Judas to betray him. And then I'm going to go to the third and talk about it a little bit. The third is that Jesus already knew that Judas was going to betray him. And I read this and I think, okay, so Jesus knew, I mean, He created Judas, right? Like already mind blown. But he knew that Judas was gonna betray him, the ultimate betrayal. And he still chose, first and foremost, he, Jesus, let's talk about how he was the Lord of Lord. He's the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And he came down here. That's all already like, he's coming down to what he created. He's already humbling himself. And then he chooses to be one of the lowest servants to his disciples. And not even that, he does it to the man who's about to betray him. And we look at, you can't look at this and say, well, I can't forgive that one person who did the one thing that hurt me, right? And so it's hard, but it's true. And I'm gonna, listen, I told the first service this as well. This is something I'm still walking out. Uh, Forgiveness is actually something you're gonna be walking out till the day you meet with Jesus. Um, So I'm not telling you this because I've arrived. I'm telling you this because I'm walking through it as well. Um, so John 13, 12 through 15 says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment, resu- he, re- oh, sorry, and put his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you're right. So I am, I love that. I love Jesus, he's so great. Um, if I then, your Lord and teacher, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave us an example, right? That you should do as I have done to you. And so this is when he calls us to forgive and love like him. And 
you may be listening to this and thinking, but you have no idea how bad I've been wronged. And you're right, I don't, I don't know all of your stories. And I'm so sorry that you've been hurt so badly by someone that you feel like you are justified in your hurt. But I can tell you that my testimony when I met Jesus, I, <laughs> I know you're probably not surprised. I was a little bit of a goody two-shoe. So I wasn't like in this horrible, in the world's eyes, I wasn't some horrible sinner, right? But my heart was riddled with bitterness and I was really angry and I didn't let anyone in. And as I started to get to know the Lord, he really started to peel back those layers of unforgiveness. And one of the first things when I got saved that the Lord did in me was he really encouraged me not to gossip. And you see, when you gossip, you are um, putting seed of offense in other people, not just your own heart. And so gossip is a very schemy scheme from the devil to bring division. Um, and so the Lord started showing me that I would take seeds of hurt and plant it in my soil and water it. And then roots of bitterness were growing up and he needed to come and uproot those things in my heart. Um, in order for you to have the Lord uproot things and begin to help you walk out forgiveness, you need to know that that's even there. I think a lot of times in our unforgiveness and in our bitterness, we've been walking with it for so long that we don't even realize it's there. I know for me, that was my story. I thought I was doing great. Like I wasn't harming anyone in my life. I wasn't doing these crazy things. I was just going about my life. I was a student. I was doing my thing. And the Lord was showing me that it, was, it wasn't just maybe harming people around me. It was harming me. And the Lord wants to help us forgive so that we can be healthy and whole. Um, you may want justice and vengeance, and you may feel justified in that. But you have to remember that those things are the Lord's. Those are not yours. That's what the Bible says. And so our right, or our, um, what we have to be doing is tending our, the garden of our heart. Um, so I know that what I'm telling you is kind of hard because again, there are people who have been hurt so badly by people and you didn't deserve it. You didn't. But then if we look at Jesus, he didn't deserve to die. He didn't, but he did. And we're called to reflect that and look like that. So I'm gonna give you a few scriptures because one of the ways that we can look like Jesus is looking at the Bible because the Bible points back to Jesus, right? So Matthew 6, 14, in your notes, it's not gonna say these, but I'm gonna um, read you the scriptures and you can just receive it. You can look into it later. Um, so if Matthew 6, 14 says, for if you forgive one, uh, sorry, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Mark eleven twenty five says, and when you stand praying, and if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. Matthew 18, 21 through 22 says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sinned against me? Up to seven times. I mean, that's better than the one that cancel culture lets us have, right? Um, Jesus answered, 
I tell you not seven, but 77 times. It's hard. <laughs> Colossians 3, 12 through 13 says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. So this right here speaks it out. I I could have just written, written? (laughs) I could have just read (laughs) that verse right there. The Lord calls us the way that he forgives. That's how he wants us to forgive. And like I said, this is something that I'm walking out right now. Um, this last year has been a really hard year for my family, not, uh, just me and my husband, but my mom and my dad and my brother, um, we're walking through a really tough situation and my brother called me really upset one night and I'm a, he's my little baby brother, even though he's 25 and he called me and he was very upset crying and I was so angry and hurt for him. And I went out into the living room to talk to Nathan about it. And I started bawling because I was like, I want so badly to hate this person because they're hurting people that I love so dearly. But I feel like the Lord keeps telling me, I want to know that person too. I died for them too. And I am, if I were to tell you the situation we're in, you would say, you're right in feeling that way. You're justified. But when I compare it to Jesus, I'm not. And that's a hard pill to swallow when I just want vengeance, right? But the Lord is calling us higher and he wants us to reflect him and reflect his love. And I'm so thankful that when I was at my worst and I'm sure somebody looked at me and said, She's not worthy of it. She's not worthy of forgiveness. I'm so thankful that Jesus looked at me and said, she is worthy of it. And we're called to reflect that to other people. And so I love to journal. And so as soon as I got all mad, I got all emo. And I, just kidding. (laughs) And I wrote this down because I just couldn't get my words out properly. I was just so angry. And so this is what I wrote on forgiveness. And I feel like it kind of ties in perfectly to what we're talking about today. So I said forgiveness, a word we all want extended to us, but oftentimes struggle extending it to others. We freely accept Jesus's forgiveness towards us, but grudgingly give it to others. Why? Why is it so easy for us to receive a clean slate when we make a list of all the wrongdoings of others? Freely we've received, freely you should give, right? then why is it so hard? My flesh has to decrease and my spirit increase for for forgiveness to flow. My pride must bow as I surrender my pain and bitterness to God. Maybe I have a right to be bitter, but once I accepted Jesus into my life, he showed me that my top right was to love and forgive wholly, fully, and solely, right? And... It's, it was hard for me to write those. Like you can feel the struggle in those words because my flesh feels like it's justified in hating and not liking this person in this situation. But the Lord always wants a redemption story. And I'm thankful, like I said before, that he, doesn't, he didn't see me too far gone. He didn't see you too far gone. And that person who hurt you the most hurt people hurt people. And so they're clearly in pain. 
And so it's our call as Christians to reflect Jesus to them. So real quick, I'm going to talk a little bit about what ways that we can walk in forgiveness, okay? So the first thing is you need to look at your heart. Like I said earlier, a lot of times we don't know that we have this bitterness and unforgiveness in our heart. We've lived with it so long um, that we don't even notice it anymore. So Psalm 5110 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And Hebrews 12:15 says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. This verse is hard because it shows us the effect that us gossiping or even just telling our situation, the effect that it has on others. Sometimes you don't need to tell anyone. I've told very few people about what my family's going on, what is going on in my family, because I don't want you to be bitter. I don't want to, and I don't want to make myself more bitter because if I tell you what's going on and you justify it, you're like, yeah, girl, you shouldn't, you should be so mad about that. Then I feel justified in my unforgiveness and that's not healthy because then I, I'm not going to pursue forgiveness. I'm not going to pursue restoration. And so it is vital for us to know when to shut our mouths, if I can be blunt. <laughs> um, talking about myself too. <laughs> um, so Jesus is coming back for a pure and spotless bride, right? Yes. So why are we gonna defile people by bringing bitterness and unforgiveness to them? Because here's the thing with secondhand offense. You don't get the resolve. I, if, if it's my situation and something happens, that person asks for forgiveness or even if they don't and me and Jesus handle it, this person over here that I told, they didn't maybe have that situation happen. So I'm defiling you and wanting my bitterness justified or feeling like, here's another thing. I'm gonna go on like a baby tangent. Don't ask for prayer if you just wanna gossip. Like, don't do it. That's not in a, you're not doing it in a good heart. So if you really need prayer, sure, go and ask for prayer. You don't even have to give the full details. But if your heart isn't ready, don't do that, friends. Because I don't want other people defiled and I don't want to be defiled, okay? And there is times where people will try to come to me with stuff. And as tactful as I can be, sometimes I'm not. Sorry about that. I'll be like, I can't hear. I don't want to hear it right now. Because it's going to make me angry at that person. And I don't want to be angry at that person. I love that person. I don't want to know what they did to you or whatever. And I'm sorry that that happened. And I will be, you know, I love you. But there's sometimes you don't need to be saying some of the things that you're saying. Off my pedestal. Moving right back. Or soapbox. Okay, moving right along. Two, so the first is look at your heart. The second is find the root. So like I said before, a lot of times we don't even know that it's there. We don't even know that that unforgiveness is there or we know it's there, but we're like, where did this come from? It's been there for so long. I don't even know where it came from. So in the kingdom, there is you sow and you reap, correct? Correct. So you sow good seed, you reap good seed. You sow bad seed, you reap bad seed. And so we're called as Christians to bring the kingdom here, right? So we're called to sow good seed reap good seed. But if we sow bitterness, we're going to reap bitterness, right? And so it is vital for us to look at our hearts, see the roots, and tend to that garden. 
Um, I'm trying to read. Sorry, my eyes aren't working. (laughs) Give me five seconds. Okay. So the longer that something is rooted in your heart, the longer it's going to take to uproot it. So my husband and I moved into a house. And whoever the owner was before, homegirl did not tend her garden because that house was overgrown. You couldn't see our house. Like you drive down the street and you would just think it was a forest. You did not know a, a house was there. So our landlords, thankfully, paid for someone to come and clean it up. But they didn't want to pay a little extra to have it completely, all the roots taken out because that's a little, that costs more because it's harder work. So they just cut it down at the base. And now with all of the water, the rain, we live by a creek. So our house like floods. So it gets a lot of watering, really good watering. And they're starting to grow. So some vines that we uprooted on our porch last year, well, not uprooted, they cut down, are growing and they're almost to our roof. And I'm like, what the heck? But it's because they didn't completely take the root out. And for me, I would rather have a root that's been there for 20 years and do the work to uproot it now rather than just cut it down. And you cut it and there's still a little baby stump, but it's not as big as it was before. So that's fine, right? So then 10 years go by and it grows, but it's not as big as it was when you cut it down. But those roots are 30-year roots. So yes, sure, what's showing on the surface maybe doesn't seem as bad as it was before. But the root that you have is deeper than it would have been if you would have just dealt with it at the 20-year mark. So I don't know if you, I mean, I feel like you agree with me that we should just go and just uproot it now. Um, So that's the second thing. The third thing is that you have to make a decision to forgive because I feel like sometimes we look at our hurt and we say, yeah, I got that. I do have hurt. And then you have this like moment, you and Jesus but you don't even forgive the person. You just think like, oh, I had a moment with the Lord and he revealed this to me, but you didn't forgive them. And with forgiveness, it's a decision that you have to make. The Lord had to decide to go to the cross, right? We have to decide to forgive. And sometimes that's really hard, again, with the justification, but it's not as hard when you remember what Jesus forgave you of. And... um, I love Romans 5, 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So if you stop looking at that person in that situation and you start looking at you and Jesus, you'll realize, okay, Jesus forgave me of so much. How can I not forgive this person, right? I don't have a right not to forgive this person. Yeah, thank you. So, um, so, when, if we look back at John 13, John 13 um, was when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. And we look at Judas and we think, how dare he, that little snake. But we've been there, right? We've betrayed Jesus. We've chosen not to um, accept him. I know I have, at least. There were several times where the Lord was beckoning me and calling me. And I, I'm good. I don't need you. Jesus died for all of us, for the worst of them and the best of them. And we have to remember that. And we have to look through that lens rather than what culture tells us about forgiveness. Um, When we remember all that Jesus forgave us of, we cannot go on in bitterness and not forgive. We have to choose to be like him and love fully. Um, 
if you want to reflect Jesus, you have to reflect him fully. Because if you don't, then it's a warped image of him. And you are actually, you could possibly hurt people more than help them. So if you're going to look like him, go all in, look fully like him. And we're all in a process and I get that. But if you move in grace, see with Jesus, everything, Jesus corrected people. Jesus, we see Jesus do that, but everything he did was in love. And so we're called to do the same thing. Everything we have to do is in love. And if we're moving in unforgiveness and bitterness, where's the love? You can't have love and bitterness dwell together, right? Okay, so the next thing, the last thing, would be to continue to walk out forgiveness. Now, this may sound like, well, of course, but this is the hardest part, guys. This is where it comes to tending your garden because you can take, you can even uproot the weeds, but new ones are gonna grow. If you have a house or you've, you've uh, had lived anywhere, you've seen people will come, they'll tend to the yard or the garden, and then weeds will come back up. It is our job to tend the gardens of the garden of our heart. So what brings strength to the body of Christ and anger to the devil is unity. So the devil is always scheming ways to bring division. And I'm not letting him have it, right? It is our decision to not let him have that way in our life. So we have to move in forgiveness. Psalm 103.12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And we read that and we think, oh yes, thank you, Jesus. You don't even think about my sins. But we look at this and think of it in the lens of, this is what I'm called to do to others. And it is hard. I'm not asking you to forget what people have done to you because sometimes that's part of your testimony, right? But when you remember what someone's done to you and anger starts to rise up, that is a beautiful opportunity for you to begin to give that back to the Lord, to pray for that person. Ooh, that's hard, but you're called to do it. Um, if you refer back to John 13, 15, it says, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. I love that Jesus didn't just ask us to move in this kind of forgiveness, he showed us. He's not asking or requiring anything of us that he didn't already do. Um, now, when you're walking out forgiveness, it can be very hard. Um, but there are two things that I've found that have really helped me when I'm trying to walk out forgiveness because we're human, right? And we're doing life with humans. And so, People are going to hurt you or offend you. But like I've said a million times before, it's our job not to allow that to take root in our heart. So the first thing that you can do is you can ask God to see that person who hurt you as he does. When we see others through his eyes, it's hard to allow hate to continue to dwell in our hearts because he doesn't hate them. And so if you're feeling hate or resentment or anger turns towards someone, that's a really good indicator that maybe you should ask the Lord how, they see them, how he sees them because that's not how he sees them. He doesn't see them like that. The second is that for you to remember that Jesus died for them too, which is really hard. I mean, every time the Lord would tell me that this last year, I'm like, that was the face I gave him. Like, really, God? Really? But... It's true. And thank you, Jesus, that 
he didn't see me too far gone, that he saw me in my worst state. And he said, she is worthy of receiving my love and my forgiveness, right? Um, And we are called to extend that same sort of grace and love to others. So I'm gonna have you guys stand up and I'm gonna read a verse over you um, and then I'm gonna pray. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you.